everyone. Welcome to another episode of My Loops Are Up Here. Today, we have Dr. Sampada Deshpande here with us. Hi, everyone. We are so excited to have her on the podcast. This is Shivani speaking. So um, Sampada and I met uh, via Instagram, actually, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So back in March of 2020. And she is just an incredible person, so motivating, And I've learned a lot about leadership and how to really set goals and achieve them by following her example. Um, She is a practicing dentist in Seattle, Washington, and um, went to, she's a foreign trained dentist who also went to University of Washington. Um, She is the founder and the president of the New Dentist Business Club. And we are just excited for you to be here and have a have a conversation about where you get your inspiration and motivation from. Thanks, Giovanni. Thanks, Priyanka, for an awesome introduction. I'm really excited to be here. So first question I have for you, and I think what many people may be wondering is how does one start a business club like you have and where did the inspiration come from and how how did you end up on this path and if you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself as you answer that that would be great sure um so I definitely do get that question a lot about how I started a business club and why um so a little backstory in uh, I graduated in 2018 and in the middle of 2019 I found myself in an associateship where I was feeling very emotionally and physically drained. Um, And I really needed to figure out what was missing in my career and how I could um, find myself more fulfilled. And um, at the time, a mentor of mine recommended that I read a book called Find Your Why by Simon Sinek. If you guys haven't read the book or haven't heard of Simon Sinek, I would highly recommend it. And uh, that book actually made me realize that I have the kind of mindset and the personality type for being a practice owner. So because I realized at the time that I wanted to get into practice ownership, I just started figuring out the little, little steps that I need to take to get myself ready for it. And even though there were a lot of dental society meetings that I had attended up until then, and a few practice management courses at the University of Washington when I was a student, I still really didn't know where to start. And I had one friend who was my colleague who was also looking to buy a practice. And he was like, you know what? I've spoken to a few brokers. Maybe we should just get together and talk about all of this stuff. I was like, that's a great idea. And I started talking to a couple of my other friends who were also in the same boat as us. So in the end of 2019, we just gave it a name, the New Dennis Business Study Club, which we later changed to the New Dennis Business Club because it was too many words. And (laughs) at that time, we had five or six of us. We were just friends. All of us were classmates. Now, um, as of December 2020, we have actually grown up to 45 members and we became national in October. So it just grew into this thing that I didn't anticipate, honestly, in the beginning, but it basically started resonating with a lot of people who craved that kind of business education and that peer-to-peer support. So that's kind of the story behind the club. Something like this was 
well overdue. So I'm so grateful that you took the initiative and, you know, your, your, some of your classmates as well um, with your leadership, just to be able to do something like this, because I mean, we, in, I am 10 years out and um, we're almost 10 years out and it's just, it's something that everybody always talked about. They're like, why, why don't we do more business classes? And the crazy part is as a dentist, we do more at least than like any other medical professional. And what we do is so little. I created one business plan one summer and that was like, okay, now you know how to run a business. No, like that's not how it is. So I think it's so amazing that, you know, you actually saw the need and really took the initiative to be like, okay, well, how do I actually bring this to fruition? So it's valuable and it brings a lot of, and it does bring a lot of value to, you know, new dentists or even like, I didn't even buy my practice till two years ago. Having something like this is so amazing because even being out for so long, it's the concept of running a business is still foreign. You know, we're just taught to, you know, do the work on the teeth and not, not, not much else. So um, it's amazing that you were able to, you know, be so, so successful with it. So. Yeah, thanks, Priyanka. And it's, it's really true because um, what we realized over the last one year is that most American dental schools spend less than 5% of the time really teaching business education. And it's not because they don't realize the value. It's because there's just so much clinical dentistry that we have to get through in those four years. There's simply not enough time. And um, at least this is from my classmates, and you can tell me about your schools, but at the University of Washington, um, there's, there were like 65 of us. And I would say at least 50 to 55 of us wanted to own a practice two years or five years out of dental school. That was the goal. That was why many of my classmates chose dentistry over other healthcare professionals. So for us not to get the right business education before we go ahead and make this million dollar um, decision is, I think, uh, really lacking. So, um, and I have seen that there's so many other benefits from all of this work that we are doing for the New Dentist Business Club. It's automatically helping me improve my communication skills and my leadership skills. And I take all of that back to the operatory. So I feel so much more confident when I'm speaking to my patients about implants or about getting some of their bridge work done. Just because I have been presenting for so long, I've gotten into the habit of just improving my speaking skills. So there's so many little benefits that come with business and leadership education that I feel we just don't realize in the beginning. Yeah, that's so valuable, the indirect skills that you've gained from it. And I think the fact that you are learning about this and actually living it in real time, what you're, you're practicing, what you preach right now, and, and that has a lot of value because I think there's sometimes hard to learn from people who maybe are 10 years past what they are teaching on. And so it's not as relatable. And I think business changes so quickly and how you may market or how you may try to connect with patients is, is so different than it was 10 years ago that it really is much more successful that you're teaching it in the moment. So that's probably helpful for you as well as everyone else. Yeah, you mentioned, um, obviously, one of the books that inspired you, but um, do you feel 
along the way as you've developed this curriculum, I guess, um, that there are just a couple of, I know, I know you to be like a reader. And so have you found that there are other business books that have been really successful for you that have allowed you to, one, develop the curriculum, but secondly, resonate with you as like a future business owner? Oh, there's, there's actually quite a few books that I really, really love. <laughs> I have like this, um, I have like this list on my website on like recommendations for books. Um, but one of the books that I have really enjoyed reading in the past is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um, another book that I have loved and we try to inculcate it in our curriculum and even in our board meetings. So there's two other um, fellow University of Washington graduates who serve in the leadership board with me. And we try to structure all of our meetings according to this book called Traction. So for those of you practice owners um, who are looking to kind of build a little bit more systems into your leadership process, Traction is actually one of those few books that can give you a lot of things that you can implement even in the dental field. Um, and it'll help you stay really focused when you do your morning huddles or things like that. Um, so there's a couple of books that have really helped me. And I wanted to actually shout out to this um, to this regional manager of Wells Fargo that I met so many years ago at this business conference in San Francisco. And he had said that his one advice for dentists is for every hour of clinical education you take, take one hour reading a book or doing a course on leadership or just being really mindful about what you're doing and why you're doing it, reflecting or even journaling. Like take that one hour because all of it is helping you become a better dentist, become a better healthcare provider for your patients um, because we are leaders in our community and just doing clinical dentistry is sometimes not enough. You have to be a well-rounded person and just provide really good leadership to your team and to your patients. So he said that all of us should be taking that time to work on ourselves. Absolutely. I, I can't remember where I saw this poll recently, but it was just asking about if you were to hire an associate, are you more likely to hire someone who has better clinical skills or better communication? And overwhelmingly, people are more likely to hire you and patients are more comfortable when you have better communication skills. So absolutely. I think we can really focus in on the minuscule millimeter by millimeter details, but in the end, at the end of the day, it's really the big picture that matters. And I wanted to actually talk to you a little bit more about all of the books that you read. And I mean, the idea of this podcast, yes, we probably can go into a lot of tactical um, tips that you have on business and leadership, but the idea is more to talk about raw conversations we normally wouldn't have about women in dentistry. So your passion for reading and how you um, decide what to read, how you reflect on the, the information that you learn. Can you share a little bit about that process of how that has become a productive part of your life? Um, yeah, so um, I can tell you one thing. So have you heard of that quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with? Yes. So it was only in like the last one or two years um, that I realized the value of that quote. 
Um, it is really so, so, so important to surround yourself with very positive and happy and motivated people. And you both are one of them, by the way. So seriously, because all of the work you do, yeah, for the Creative Collective, this podcast is such a huge part of that. But um, when I started thinking about that quote, I think of like three things. So one of them is just the the core people that you are meeting with and that you're speaking to on a daily or a weekly basis. They could be your friends. For me, actually, in a big part, they're my family. So my parents and my sister, all of them are business owners. They are very, very well liked and um, they are extremely motivated leaders in their own ways. They're all very different. They're not all kind of the same. They have like these different personalities that add different weights to their uh, leadership skills. And I feel like every time I talk to them about an issue that I'm having with the business club or about my dreams for my future practice, they always have good advice for me. So it really helps that I have them kind of by my side. Same thing for my husband or for my friends. They always have me kind of, they're always cheering for me and they always have good advice. So it's important for you to constantly surround yourself with people who will cheer for you, who will be in your, you know, who will be in your corner. Um, The second part of that is uh, listening to or reading really good motivational um, or happy things. So it could be reading good books. For me, I find that uh, books on leadership, like anything by John Maxwell or by Simon Sinek or by Mitch Album, it always leaves me more positive. Um, it always helps me like see the bigger picture and like see the silver lining and everything. So I actually read a lot of those books during the pandemic because the pandemic for us was like so up and down, right? Um, there were days that I was just feeling oh my God, I'm not doing dentistry. I'm not adding any value to my community. What am I doing? And I would like force myself to read something positive. So I I stopped going down that rabbit hole. Um, And I think the third thing, um, the third component to this is like taking courses. Sometimes even like I'm not, and I'm not talking about dental related courses, sometimes even like learning something totally new. Like a few minutes ago, we were talking about learning about podcasting. All of that is like adding a lot of value to your mind because you're, you're forcing yourself to think out of the box. So you're, you're kind of, you know, building those different kind of neurons or those neuronal connections or something in your brain. And it, it again makes you feel really positive. So the more you can do all of these three things like people, books, courses, and listening to obviously positive podcasts. Um, That's kind of the stuff that I do. And I credit a lot of my like big picture thinking to these things. That's awesome. That reminds me of the concept of neuroplasticity of constantly learning something new and challenging yourself is literally growing your brain and your brain is reshaping every single moment, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, I think um, it's so easy to, you know, get into a, I don't want to call it a rut because it's not a rut necessarily always, it's a routine. Let's put it as a routine. And, um, you know, we find that the days go by, then the weeks go by. And when you really reflect back, or at least for me, what's happened is that I have found that I'm like, 
I just don't have time. And like, that's my excuse a lot of the times. And I have to remind myself that, you know, especially the latter few that you spoke of, or actually really all encompassing is like, these are things that will help me grow. These are things that will help me stay positive. And the reason, and it's not to knock on practice owners that have been, you know, going and been successful for a while, but the reason that it becomes stagnant is because they've stopped growing. And there's so much value to growth and expansion and, you know, staying motivated to constantly learn because just like what you and Shivani were saying, I mean, that the neuroplasticity, the expanding of, you know, the knowledge that you have, the staying, you know, finding things that help you stay positive, all those things will keep us motivated for so much longer than we expect it to. And I think that's just so important, you know, that you're one incorporated in now, but it's just kind of integral to, you know, who you are. So Sampada, did you uh, accomplish your goal for 2020, your reading goal? Do you want to share what that was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so audacious. I, it was a great goal. Yes. So actually, I've had this goal for like the last four or five years to read 50 books in under a year. And I have never, ever, ever reached it. Yeah, I see Priyanka. <laughs> Priyanka's reaction. But yeah, I have never reached the 50 goal mark. I would always kind of hover around 20, 25 and it would always seem like this big, crazy thing that's never going to happen, but it happened this year. So Congrats. it's really cool. I mean, I I kind of, I, if there was one thing that I did during the pandemic, it's read. I just read kind of most every, almost every single day. I would be on the couch, just reading my book, like a couple of hours. And my husband, he was working all through the pandemic because he's, he's an engineer. So he would like roam around from the office to the living room and go like, you're still there? Like, have you had lunch? <laughs> it was just, um, yeah, but I, I mean, like I said, like the books kind of helped me stay sane and it helped me kind of keep a goal throughout the year that, you know, because there was this one point during the pandemic that I did not know for sure if we would be able to go back to work like mid-May or June because there was this rumor that it's going to get extended. And I was like, okay, if I'm not going to work, let me read, let me do my writing, let me just work on some of my other hustles and uh, stay positive. So I just read. That's a great tactic. Tell us about your other hustles or your side gigs that you have going on. Um, so one of the things that I did during the pandemic was actually code and uh, launch my own website. That was another thing that I had uh, been planning to do since 2019. So there's another book that I recommend. It's called Everything is Marketing by Fred Joyal. Um, and it's focused on dentistry, actually. So for all of of you who are practice owners or who want to be practice owners, or even if you just want to be like this rock star associate um, and you have other side hustles, definitely read the book. One of the things that he has written in there is that the, the biggest mistake that some dentists make is not blogging. I know Priyanka does it. And uh, I'll kind of give you the reason why. He says that for zero dollars of marketing, you are putting your name out there. And even if it is as often as like once a month or twice a month, 
you are creating original content that has your name with the DDS behind it, and you're putting it online for the whole world to see. Now, it's possible that maybe your patients never read it because there's so much of material online, they will probably never read it. And that's okay. It's, it's just good enough for you to be creating online content. Why? Because you're improving your SEO without having to pay for Google AdWords or without having to pay for any online marketing. And I think that is just such a brilliant thing. And I noticed that so many dental offices actually have like other companies doing the blogging for them. And it's most of the time stuff like, how do you brush? How do you floss? And kind of stuff like that, which is great. But I think um, when you talk, when dentists kind of talk a little bit about their lives or um, they share a little bit of who they are with their patients, it helps patients connect with them on a very different level. And patients love seeing stuff like that. Um, I actually did not realize um, that my blogs were resonating with people until the time like one of my patients who is my age She's actually in, also in school at the UW. And she told me, oh my God, Dr. D, like you read so many books because of you, I'm reading all of these other books. I was like, oh yay, that's awesome. <laughs> but it, it kind of resonated with a patient and I felt, I felt really touched. So this is kind of the easiest thing that Dennis can do to just help create, um, improve their reputation in the community and help put their name out there. They are like, uh, struggling for marketing, um, maybe they don't have a good enough budget for it. Blogging is like the easiest thing you can do. So that's one of the things that I finally had a lot of time for during the pandemic. It took me a lot longer than it would take someone who is a professional. So it took me three, I guess, three or four weeks to put it together and make it really presentable. Um, I'm very proud of my little website. It's just on WordPress. It's very simple, but it's cute and I like it. <laughs> yeah, your your blog is awesome. Your website's awesome. You always write valuable content. It's entertaining and it's very heartfelt as well. It's just so genuine the way that you speak and, and share your life. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. that. And to go back, actually, like what you were talking about is... Um, resonating, you know, with the patients and stuff. I think that honestly, I'm going to leave this podcast and take a little bit of that back because I do, I am going to be honest. I am the culprit that has, um, I have, I think I just posted a whitening one or I'm going to, and then there's a couple other ones that I have created, but you know, I've realized like, you know, patients, even right now, as I'm going through the process of my pregnancy, they're so excited to see me pregnant. And they're just thrilled about those kinds of things. And I realized that they want you to be relatable with them, you know, and you're talking about, we've talked about kind of hitting the business aspect of it, but you've also touched a lot on, you've used the word community quite a bit. And I think that part of that community is being vulnerable and sharing your experiences with your patients as well. And, um, you know, being able to, like you said, create content or blogs where it does bring that, you know, that aspect of you in or what's going on with your practice. And people feel that, you know, they're not just going to just another dental clinic, you know, they're coming to see you, they're coming to see you know, the dental family you've created, and then they get to be part of that family. 
so I think that's that's fantastic. I'm definitely gonna make sure that I do that for my website. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like your blog posts actually, Priyanka, are so so nice. Like even if patients read them, they will definitely feel more connected. And and that's the key because patients want to, you know, find a dentist who they can relate to. And especially us being like women dentists and we're going through all of life, like, you know, you're, you're having a little baby, all of that stuff is so wonderful and patients want to be a part of that. So I really love that you're sharing and, you know, just keep going. Um, has this been like something that you've integrated into your, your business club, but do you bring up these kind of little tidbits with them as well? Because I think that would be so important. Yeah, I do actually. So we, I recently did a class on marketing of a few weeks ago, and then we have like a second session on marketing coming um, in the middle of next year. But that's kind of the the big thing that I actually talk about because there's so much marketing that you can do without spending any money. So our business club actually is attended pretty heavily by a few dental students. And then there's all of these new dentists who are like me, like zero to three years out of school. And I, I always kind of start by asking them, um, look at your social media, thinking that you are someone else. And what do you see? What do you see on your Facebook? What are you seeing on your Instagram? Do you think whatever you're putting out there, um, are patients going to want to you know, come to you? Are, is your community going to going to love you for, you know, what you're presenting and come to you? Because a lot of us um, put out posts and stories that you can really harness amazing, amazing content on it and connect, use that to connect with patients and people. I know Shivani does so much, like even when she's, even when she's talking about like nutrition and yoga, it is connecting with so many people and you are just being yourself. I think that is so important. Just be yourself. You don't have to be uh, putting up pictures of fillings and crowns if you don't want to. Just do what you are. Just do yourself and automatically it will connect with people. So that's one of the first things that I talk to new dentists and dental students about because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of focus now on, even dental students getting into branding for different like toothbrushes and toothpaste and all of that is fine. That's great. But um, what else are you projecting out there? What is different about you that you would want patients to know? Would your family or your friends come to you as a patient once you graduate? So um, I talk about building some, some of those very authentic um, tips, I guess, that can help you in marketing yourself as a dentist. And at the same time, just introducing yourself to the community. You don't have to be spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars doing all of this if you can just do a few little things really well. What have been some things that you feel that you've presented? Obviously, we talked about books, but outside of books, you know, that you've presented that have really resonated with, you know, your community and other dentists or even your patients. So I think um, what I put out on social media, and you can correct me because you both are on my social media, right? Um, So you know what I put out. But like you said, I talk a lot about the books that I'm reading. 
And that has automatically resonated with this community in Seattle that is full of book readers and writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually part of like a few book clubs and writing clubs because I'm interested in that kind of stuff. And when I put out posts, it automatically connects me with that section of the community that had I not been doing that, they would have never known about me. But now they think of me as a dentist who is a reader and who writes stuff, you know, because that's not something people think about. Like they don't think dentists could write or, or be creative kind of outside of dentistry, right? Um, that's one thing. The second thing um, that I talk about is my family and my friends, especially my husband. Um, I, I like to share the fact that I am like newly married and I'm living in this beautiful city and just kind of enjoying my life and um, that I'm so uh, attached to my family. I think people always like to see stuff like that. It's, it's very positive and it's uplifting. So I saw that Shivani earlier today posted a picture with her sister. It was so cute. It's like heartwarming. I love to see stuff like that because it's relationships, right? You're showing what your relationships are like outside of work. So that's one thing. And the other thing that I think I post about is the New Dennis Business Club, because I seriously love working with the New Dennis Business Club. It's like such a huge passion project for me. Um, and it is, it is so lovely to be connected with people who are motivated and driven and who's, who think big, who think about practice ownership as something that they can do and that they will be very, very successful at. So I love being connected with people like that. So I definitely mention a lot about the business club. And that has kind of ultimately made a lot of people who are patients and family who are on my Instagram, they have asked me the question, hey, are you buying a practice or are you starting a practice? So that has gotten them kind of buzzing about it, which is great because I haven't really gone around telling a lot of people It's just close family and friends who know my plans for 2021 or 2022. But because of the way my social media is going, um, a lot of other people have gotten to know, which is very exciting, I think. I love following you on social media. And I think it's so important to show all sides of yourself as a dentist because some people listening may be pre-dental students or dental students. And I think we all have this perception of what a dentist should be. And it's like this certain lifestyle or only focused on clinical dentistry and to see how multidimensional and how talented you can be in other aspects of life. And that you really do get to enjoy life and with your husband and with your family, I think getting to see those aspects is really helpful for people who are coming into this career. And it is redefining what it means to be a young woman in dentistry right now. It's that we don't need to work so hard to this point of burnout or um, have one single goal in mind. We are allowed and it's encouraged. You are a better practitioner when you have all of these other aspects of yourself that you're willing to share with others. I have a question for you. Um, I'm envisioning putting myself in your position of starting a business study club, which is something I don't, I I know nothing about and how there are probably sometimes thoughts of imposter phenomenon that, that cross your mind or 
self-doubt. How has that happened to you and how do you deal with that? Oh, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, imposter phenomenon. Uh, I mean, we our, our friend Jessica talks about it all the time, right? So a few weeks ago, the Academy of General Dentistry, they, they nominated and selected me to be one of the 10 dentists to watch for 2021, which is a huge honor. It's huge. And yes, I did not, thank you. <laughs> I, and I did not even, I wasn't antici- anticipating it. Um, I checked with my state AGD, whether they nominated me and they did not. So the, the national AGD found out about me and they have been like looking at my work for the business club and they selected me. And it's, it's really huge that they kind of noticed what I was doing all the way in Seattle, right? Um, But I think uh, when it happened for the first few days and my husband, like his chest kind of swelled up with pride and he was like, oh my God. And he was telling all of our friends that this thing happened. And I was just like, don't, you know, don't talk about it so much. It's so weird. Like, you know, don't tell people that. He was like, why? You should, you know, own up to it and you should be so proud of yourself. So like I am proud, but it's still kind of weird. And it made me realize that it's it's hard for us to accept um, success. And it it's just something, so like you said, despite of all of this work that I'm doing with the business club, I realize there's so much of self-improvement I still need to work on. I still need to work on accepting success when it's given to me or accepting um, honor or accomplishment or, or being asked to present somewhere, getting a speaking opportunity. And I think both of you are going through similar things as well. Both of you are very successful and you probably get a lot of these opportunities. So it is definitely something that has improved, I think, because of my work at the business club, because it, it's helped me gain some confidence and it has helped work wonders for my self-esteem, I think. Um, but it's, it's definitely a work in progress. It's, um, and I think it may be at some point, it will always be kind of a work in progress. But what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think there's a balance between being humble and accepting the success that, or the wins that you have in life. And it's, it's a constant, work in progress. So you have to always be reminding yourself. And I think we all can struggle with that, especially coming from very competitive uh, education backgrounds and sometimes competitive careers. So yeah, Priyanka, what do you think? I agree. I think there's, a, I mean, we have we're three Indian women here, you know, um, there's definitely, I think, a cultural component as well. I feel, I, you know, it's, it's a constant work in progress. You have other people around you that will look at you and be like, oh my God, you guys have done so much. So like, for example, like we're, we're all like not to toot our own horns here, but like we're all in, in awe of one another. But then when we, you know, reflect back on ourselves, we're like, well, we haven't done enough in this, 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 or it's not reached this goal or, and Shivani, I think you worded it beautifully. It's like this like fine line between being humble and then not being able to accept our successes and then on the flip side of it also is, um, you know, reflecting back on our achievements and making sure that we're viewing it as a success, but then also 
it's okay that we feel that we can always do more because that continues to drive us to pursue our passion projects, to pursue other avenues because we are motivated and are driven. And so it's like kind of fighting, I feel like all of these little things, you know, I don't know if some of that you feel that way too. Like your mind is fighting, you know, so many different things, whether it's, you know, have I done enough? Could I do more? You know, but I'm still being acknowledged for all these amazing things that I've done. But at the same time, you know, it, it could be reflected this way, or I wish that it was presented this way or whatnot. Yeah, I I actually agree with, with you, Priyanka, and also with you, Shivani. I, I just kind of wanted to add that um, uh, if... I know I'm giving a lot of recommendations here, but there is this podcast that I listen to called How I Built This by Guy Raz. It's an NPR podcast. I see you guys nodding, so you've definitely heard of it. Um, and it is like incredible how different m- m- like male entrepreneurs are from female entrepreneurs. And I wish not to be, you know, saying that there's a stark difference, but there is um, just the way... Um, even the opportunities definitely that come their way are very, very different. Um, there was, I think it was the the creator of Spanx. Um, she had said that she had to kind of hustle so much more than um, any of her um, kind of male uh, colleagues to get her product um, where it is right now. And of course, Spanx is huge. It's, it's a super successful brand. And it makes you think like you even for the same opportunities, you have to work very hard. But even if your, if your idea or your concept, if you, even if you know that it's awesome, um, there's, there's like this whole different struggle that women have to go through. So I always try to remind myself, and I think my dad and my mom, they definitely talk to me about it a lot because both of them are business owners. And they keep telling me, like, don't think you are anything less. Like, you should not feel like you're anything less, especially if you're a minority, because I I am an immigrant, right, in the U.S. So I look different than everybody else. Like, don't think you're anything less. You are very smart. You went through dental school. You can do whatever you want. Um, And don't let kind of being a woman or having, like, childbearing responsibilities, any of that come in your way. It's a part of it that makes your life awesome, but it shouldn't take away from anything. Um, so I think that's kind of an important thing to just remember as women that um, everything is out there for you to grab. It's totally your choice what you want to do with your life, but you can do it. Knowing and hearing that from your parents and obviously being extremely motivated individual as you have been, what have been some obstacles that you feel like you have faced being a female um, and that you feel that you've overcome because clearly you've been able to accomplish something huge and you know you know obviously this amazing accomplishment and acknowledgement by the AGD but yeah what has been like I would say your biggest obstacle along the way um, that you've experienced so far maybe gender related or not um, and how do you feel like you've kind of worked past it? Um, I think the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles I've faced is actually not um, gender related, although, 
you know, depending on who you talk to, it could be. But um, after I finished dentist school in India, so I'm a foreign trained dentist, right? So I finished dentist school in India in 2013. And then it took me three cycles to get into a DDS program um, in the US. And um, I think that was the those three years were probably, um, you would, you, I could say they were some of the worst and they were some of the best because I met my husband during that time, which may not have happened had I gotten into school right away. Um, but uh, I graduated from India being like, I was president of the student council. So I had this idea that, oh, you know, I will definitely get into school my first time around. It's not going to be difficult for me. And then it was very difficult because everyone who is applying to dental schools to the U.S. as a foreign trained dentist, everyone is incredible. Um, So the people who are coming here and dentists graduating from the U.S. are extremely smart driven, motivated. And I think that whole process kind of taught me that you should never underestimate your colleagues or people who are in the industry. Everyone is just hustling. Everyone is, you know, putting the best out there. Never underestimate like the dental office kind of down the street. They're just trying their best. And um, I think that kind of brings kind of in a roundabout way to the new dentist business club, because I get the question that, Uh, why are you teaching business skills to your future competition? I've actually gotten that question before because a lot of people in my club are from Seattle and they will probably want to set up shop close to my future practice, right? And it's a good question. And the answer to that is, I feel like if all of us were to get the best resources, the best tools, the best education, ultimately we will elevate our whole community as a group and we will be able to provide superior patient care just improve patient outcomes everywhere and we will improve like the reputation that dentistry has in every single community we will be happier we will be able to afford the clinical ce we want we'll be able to take more time off patients will be happier with us because we will be more fulfilled so it will directly translate to patients um, so I think, um, that was one of my biggest obstacles and, uh, it has definitely helped me forward with all of these things that I'm doing. Uh, it's something that always kind of grounds me and keeps me very humble. when I think of that time. That was a great explanation and answer, um, shifting gears a little bit, but it's also related to an obstacle that, that I'm challenged with constantly. It's, and it goes, towards what we've already been talking about of this fact that we're also driven and wanting to constantly work. You know, I know a lot of us are balancing not only practicing as dentists, but all of these other hustle side hustles. So finding time for rest and then not feeling guilty about resting. And and I think Sampada, you are such a great example of how you've built this into your life and you really honor that. So I'd love for you to share how you balance um, your motivation and a busy schedule with rest and how you like to celebrate your wins when you have time? Yeah, um, I love this question because I think it's so important to talk about self-care. And I think it's one of the big things that we discuss often in the Creative Collective, right? We talk a lot about self-care. And um, 
I don't think quite honestly that I am uh, doing it a hundred percent. My goal is to always get better at it. Um, it's definitely something my husband always talks to me about that. You need to take time off. You need to rest. You need to give yourself a break. Um, but I think for the most part, there's a few habits that I have been able to build that have really, really helped me. Um, and I should say before I explain the habits, it takes a couple of months to build habits. It won't happen in two or three weeks. It takes like six, seven months. So some of these habits, I've tried to inculcate them like mid-2019. Only now have they kind of become consistent. It took me that long. So one of them is actually waking up at five, um, which was really difficult to do. It has always, it has always been so, so hard to do this. Um, but once I really started to wake up at five, um, what I do is after waking up at five, I just kind of make a cup of coffee and I clean a little bit of my kitchen. And then I just sit in front of the computer. I write three things I'm grateful for, which is a really wonderful way to start your day on a positive note. It is a form of self-care. Gratitude is a really big form of self-care. We don't really, you don't recognize it as one, but it is. Um, and then for an hour, and probably Priyanka can relate to it, I just write. I write anything that comes to my head. So if maybe yesterday I had a tough veneer case, I will talk about, oh my God, those veneers just took too long. Or any big ideas about the business club, I'll put it on paper. But it's just free writing. It's basically journaling. A lot of those little, little um, things that I write in the morning when my husband is still sleeping, when it's dark outside and I have my cup of coffee by my side, some of those become articles for the ADA. Some of those become blog posts for my own website. But most of the time, they just help me reflect. They help me think, like, what have I done? It's helping me become more mindful. And any day that I miss that time of writing, I actually don't really feel very good about myself because I haven't had that little bit of self-care. So it's just an hour. It's so less. And that day, once once you're done with it in the morning, you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. Um, the other thing that I've kind of really gotten into and I hope to be more consistent is actually yoga. So um, the Zentist, right, uh, Diana, so she teaches yoga nidra once a month. I hope she does it more often because I have to wait a whole month <laughs> to take her class. But... Um, I love sessions like that because they they are so, so nice and they're full of other dentists and everyone kind of talks about their intentions for the day when they begin the practice and they talk about, you know, why they're here. And I love hearing that. And then she does such a wonderful job kind of helping you connect with that moment and be present and um exercise at the same time which is super important and yoga everybody knows how good it is for dentists because your back and your neck kill you at the end of the day so um i think these are just two or three things that have really helped me build some habits so writing waking up early and doing um exercise so um for those that i know that shivani i think you're trying to wake up early as well um you discussed it before um, what time do you go to bed? <laughs> oh, for me, um, yeah. I I go to bed at ten thirty. Good. 
Yeah, it's not super soon. early. Uh, I know, I think, I think Sonia has spoken to us before, Sonia Chopra, and she goes to bed very early. Um, that is something I'm working on, but I have not been able to do that because my husband is a very late sleeper because he's an, he's an engineer. I think it just comes with the thing. But, um, and we want to spend a lot of time together in the evening because that's the only time we get. So in order to kind of make that work, I have to kind of compromise somewhere. So right now I'm sleeping at 10.30, but we'll see. Maybe I'll convert him later on, get him to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so how, you said it took you about a year to get to the point of like being able to consistently wake up at five? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad, I think has been doing this for the longest time. He's like a huge Robin Sharma fan that I know Shivani has been reading his books. Um, And uh, he has that book, uh, The 5am Club, which I read back in high school, I read it like a long time ago. And then I just kind of forgot about it. and never ever implemented it even through dental school, when I think I should have implemented it the most, I think, because those, those few years were, they really needed me to be more mindful. And I was not, I think. Um, But yeah, it, it definitely started uh, I started the habit last year and only now, like my body's automatically kind of out of bed by like 5, 5.30. So it's only now has my body kind of made it a habit. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the 6am club right now. I'm slowly <laughs> making my way there. But the, the book by Robin Sharma, 5am club is really good. So thank you for that recommendation. Um, and, and I do... I notice myself the days that I don't take the time for, for me, my favorite part of the morning routine is where I am again, coffee, I'm drinking my coffee and I'm reading. Um, and I didn't realize how much I love reading for pleasure. And I usually am like always listening to podcasts or audiobooks. And I, I haven't, it's been a long time since I've sat down and read a book cover to cover. And so that little bit of time in the morning where I get that, I realize the days I don't have that self-care. You're right. It, something doesn't feel as good. I don't feel as happy or productive. Um, and, and it really is important. And I think when you can build that in first thing in the morning, there's nothing that can get in the way. So um, it's, it's definitely a work in progress for me as well. <laughs> um Asampada, I have another question for you. Uh, You mentioned your dad. I know recently on your social media, you've been posting about um, a series that your family has doing. And I thought it was really interesting. I thought um, I might bring it up to my family. So I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. Oh my God, you should. Um, So let's see. I think this was also during the pandemic that, um, so my husband went to Carnegie Mellon and Randy Posh, went to Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon, and he started, or he, he did not start it, but he was part of the last lecture series. So essentially it's like, uh, it's, um, it's, it's like a presentation that every teacher, I guess, at Carnegie Mellon was doing at the time, kind of describing to students what they would want to tell their legacy if they were to die, uh, what lessons would they give them if you know if they were they want they were no more so um we watched that youtube video together me and my husband and i read the book and it it's 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 so touching uh, as soon as you see the youtube video you feel you 
you really feel kind of the magic that he talks about. Um, he talks about um, achieving his childhood dreams. And I think that's just a topic that resonates with everyone. Um, and it's such a short video. It's like 40 minutes or so. So it's not, it's not very long, but if you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. But um, I took the topic to my parents and to my sister and to my like in-laws and stuff. And I was like, um, you know, there's this thing called last lecture. Why don't we try and do something like this um, in our family group and our family, we have a group on WhatsApp, which has like all of my cousin and my uncles and aunts. We're all in like four or five different time zones. And all of us were kind of, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, um, everyone loves to still connect on Zoom, right? Just to kind of catch up. So fortunately, the, the idea got accepted. They just wanted to change the name to Life Lessons instead of the last lecture because it sounded better. But um, now what they're doing is every Saturday, we meet up online on Zoom. So there's like 40 little screens, <laughs> 40 little faces. And um, each time um, a person kind of just uh, takes, takes the initiative to present. It could be about anything. Um, so my cousin sister who's in India, she presented on, and she's in college. She's in like undergrad. So she was talking about all of these leadership opportunities she's been a part of and all of this community service she's doing and what her goals are for the future. And it was really nice to read that. Uh, to kind of listen to that. So next, actually, this coming Saturday is my presentation. It's going to be about finding your why, which is it's going to be based on like the book, Simon Sinek's book. So all of us are just taking turns and it helps to find out like what everyone's goals are and to stay really positive. Like every single, every single life lesson has been really fun. And it's always nice to see your family, but to learn from them is something totally different. So I hope you're able to do it with your family. Yeah, I love that idea. And to have a catalog of that as well, I hope you guys are recording because I think there, for generations now, these can be continued to be rewatched and live in memory as well. Um, so I have one last question for you, and it kind of s helps us circle back to the New Genesis Business Club. Um, as part of the Creative Collective, you had done a lecture for us on the power of pivoting. And I thought that was so interesting because um, it's something that ha I have had to do as well in life. I think everyone through the pandemic has had to pivot and learn how to do that. And with readjusting my goals and I've found so many more opportunities available that I didn't even expect. And uh, I think sometimes as such driven people, we can get tunnel vision. We have one goal and we see one path to get there. And sometimes it can feel like maybe we failed or that it's never going, we're never going to accomplish what we wanted because that's no longer, that door is closed, but now a hundred other doors are open. So I wanted you to share a little bit how you pivoted um, with the New Dentist Business Club, but also in other aspects of life and just some last words of wisdom from you. Yeah. Um, so the, the concept of pivoting kind of uh, every day or just trying to make a pivot comes from Mel Robbins, who's like this big coach, right? She talks a lot about like making small, tiny pivots. And um, I started the New Dentist Business Club in like September of last year. And my goal was that 
you know, towards like the one year mark, we should probably, I should probably charge a fee because all of the cost at that point was coming from me. So um, even putting like go to meeting or like little, little expenses, like the Google drive stuff, all of it was coming from me. And at the base level, I just felt like my other members might contribute like a little bit so that we don't have any of those issues. Um, and I, I discussed this with all of you at the Creative Collective. Um, when I would bring this idea about my business club to other people, including my family, um, everyone was like, oh, this is a business idea. Um, you know, you should monetize it um, and you should charge a good fee. And that is that it's 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 not wrong what they said. Um, I think that was very, very fair, that estimate. Um, and because I, I kind of started thinking about monetizing it, I actually came up with the business plan. I looked at other study clubs in the area. Seattle is the city of study clubs, right? Like Seattle study club, COIS, all of them are here. So I kind of put like this little PowerPoint because I love PowerPoints. And I was like comparing the price point of each club and how each club did business education differently and how ours was going to be different. And I came up with this fee and like drum roll moment was me putting up that fee at my with my existing um, members. And at that time, we were just like eight or 10, all of us were, we were six to eight actually, and all of us were friends. And except for one person, nobody came back to me saying that they will continue with the membership fee. And my heart kind of sunk. And I was like, oh no, like this is terrible. What have I done? Um, and only one person said that, oh, you know, I'll pay the fee, tell me how to pay it and we will continue. And then I just, I was just thinking that um, this is kind of not worth it if it's just one person it's worth it because of the support that you get from everyone. It's like, it's really like that community feeling of having so many people and that, that camaraderie from everyone. And um, that kind of just made me wonder like what I should be doing. So because I was having all of these questions, I was recommended by one of my mentors, you should just ask your friends what to do. Like ask your club members, what is the best movement forward? So that's what I did. I told them that, hey, you know, these are my costs. And at the bare minimum, I just need to try and, and take care of those costs. So what do you recommend we do? Um, and at that time, one of my best friends from dental school, who is now our vice president of the business club, she was like, you know what? Um, one thing I will say, whatever you decide, I want to help you run this thing. I want to do all of the back end so you don't have to worry about all of this. You just focus on the presentation stuff and course creation stuff and teaching because that's your thing. You let me kind of do all of the other stuff. And I was like, great, let's do that. And then there was another friend of ours who said, have you considered turning this to, into a nonprofit? Because with a nonprofit, you can qualify for tax exemption. So you don't have any of those big costs that you have with like a normal for-profit LLC. And that was, that, was a, that was a consideration that we had, I had never thought of. And I wouldn't even have had the time to think of it because remember at that time, it was just me doing everything. So both of those decisions kind of coupled together, like my friend saying that, you know, she'll help me run the back end. 
and the other friends saying that, you know, try and turn it into a nonprofit. It just kind of made sense. And both of those pivots that we ended up taking at the club have made all the difference. So as soon as we got like our nonprofit status, we are like a 501c6. We're able to charge this minimal fee to dental students and new dentists. So we charge an annual membership fee of only $50 because that's all we really need to um, kind of cover our basic expenses. Because remember that none of our board members like me, Isabella, who's our vice president and Preet, who's our secretary, all of us want to have our own practices one day. For us, this club is really like community service. We're helping helping our, our future colleagues and other new dentists just elevate their business education. That's the goal. Um, and we're able to meet all of these things just in a slightly different way than what I had initially thought of it. So um, I think it's always nice to stay open to all kinds of advice. Sometimes even your favorite mentors may not have the best advice for you. It might be great advice, but maybe at that time, it doesn't really make sense to just keep your mind open and just look for suggestions everywhere and things will work out. I love that. And and what's next for for you and for the business club? I know there might be some some bigger things coming, right? So, um, yeah, I can actually talk a little bit about that. We are just growing a lot. Our club. We are hoping to be in at least three states uh, with like a full presence in every single school in those states by the end of 2021. That's our goal. We already kind of made some inroads in California um, and Oregon, but we just wanna get better and get to ASDA of every school and just introduce what we are. And basically just talk about us and help get, uh, get new members and help them get our education. So that is for the business club. It's a big, big, big goal, but I always like to try and think big. <laughs> because that helps um and our the leadership board all of them kind of agree um for my personal kind of my career I am hoping to start my own practice next year so I have been going over all kinds of acquisitions since 2019 and I think I have exhausted most of the opportunities that I have in my chosen demographics so I have decided unless there's a big change that I'm going to start my own practice. So that is kind of my big thing for next year. And I'm working really, really hard, just trying to find time to do all of those things well. And hopefully I'm, I'm also teaching at the same time. So whatever I learn about my process, I'm teaching it to my, to my members at the club so everyone can really benefit from it. And startups are just kind of exciting, right? Everyone loves to like hear about how your startup process is going. So it should be fun. Well, those are really some amazing goals, you know, both professionally and personally. So, I mean, I guess your personal goal really is, you know, bleeds in a little bit into the professional, but um, thank you so much for sharing. That's just, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure to listen to your positivity and, you know, how motivated you are as an individual and, you know, understand or like, I guess, reflect back on the fact that, you know, based off of your experiences, you know, you've had this idea and you found this little niche that, you know, everybody has kind of been, you know, craving that, that 
it's filled and amazing that you were able to, you know, create such a successful business club and, you know, take advantage of the pivotal moments and that allowed you to, has, or has allowed you to kind of continue to drive forward. So, you know, it's really, truly inspiring. Yes. And I second all of that. You are one of the most positive, inspirational people. And I am just so grateful that we, I can consider you a friend and that we are in community together because just like you said, when one person is successful, we are all more successful. And so um, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today and to share your wisdom with the listeners. We will link um, your blog and some more information about the New Dennis Business Club in the show notes for the listeners. And I'm sure you'll be getting messages from dental students and new dentists who are interested in growing because they have a lot to learn from you. Oh, thank you. I have had such a blast being here with you guys. And thank you so much for what you're doing for the profession. Just having a podcast and um, lending your voice to the dental community is really, really big. So thank you so much. And yeah, I love being your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.